for now, we head to Shanghai, the country, China's economic center, a global trade hub, um, one of the largest cities in the world. It has been virtually locked down for months now uh, because of an outbreak of COVID-19. Well, at midnight local time yesterday, those restrictions were started to relax, or they're starting to relax them, to allow most people to move around freely in that city of some 25 million. There are a significant number who will still remain confined to their homes, but the vast majority of people are out. Um, The Post, this is the South China Morning Post, Shanghai video correspondent Thomas Yao went for a quick wander in his neighborhood. No more barriers, no more mass PCR testing. No more big whites sitting in front of our apartment buildings. For many Shanghai residents, today is the first time in over two months when they can venture outside their apartment compounds, no strings attached. So after more than 60 days, uh, Shanghai has officially ended its lockdown uh, today on 1st of June. Uh, there's no wake up yet, no celebrations. It ends. Uh, just like that, and as if nothing has ever happened. That is the South China Morning Post's Shanghai video correspondent, Thomas Yao, taking a wander through his hood uh, in Shanghai after he was, uh, like so many others, uh, were allowed to finally wander after uh, more than 60 days of lockdown. Well, joining me now from Shanghai is someone we spoke to right near the beginning, I think, of this lockdown, at least not much more than a 20, 30 days in, uh, Canadian Carl Bro, who's the CEO of Simon Engineering and uh, a Shanghai resident. Thank you so much for uh, for speaking to me again, Carl. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Good. So, I mean, I think back when we spoke earlier, um, Samen Energy, sorry, I got I forgot a letter in there, CEO of Samen Engineering. Um, back when we spoke in, in, in April, it was just beginning. It was, it was just beginning. And here we are in June and it's finally come to an end. What was, uh, what was that like for you and for your neighbors? Well, it became, I would say we went through different phases probably, you know, at the beginning, actually, we were supposed to be locked down for five days and it was a Thursday. So we were sort of almost thinking, okay, great. So a long weekend coming up, uh, of course, you know, that five days extended to over 60 days for us. So we did go through a different sort of a bit of a roller coaster of emotion here. So going from uh, the beginning was fine. And then we, uh, in the middle, I think it, ourselves, we, we started to get worried because we had no sort of uh, clear indication of when it would end. And then, uh, you know, of course, you know, we didn't, we only had food for five days originally. So how do we get food and everything? But then towards the end, it seems we sort of got used to it. And then uh, things were a little bit easier actually the last two weeks, but it's been, uh, it's been quite a, quite a, quite an emotional ride for us and for most people here. Yeah. Talk to me about that because, uh, you know, we spoke to some other people there and it just got very, I suppose, depending on your living situation and whether you have kids and school and so on, but it got to be quite the weight, right? Just trying to live day in, day out without that being able to move around such a vibrant city. Absolutely. And then, uh, and then, you know, every people sort of uh, lived that sort of went through that differently to a certain extent, you know, there's about 25 million people here. So, one could say there's 25 million different stories of you know how people went through this, but I uh, I was actually a big what they call big white right with sort of a volunteer helping with different things throughout the crisis here you know bringing food to the elderly uh, helping with PCR testing uh, uh, bringing people to the hospital uh, so uh, I had quite a bit of visibility you know with 
sort of individual people. And I, I could see, uh, you know, especially either people that were alone, you know, just imagine you've been, you've been you're, you're alone in your apartment, very small apartment. And then uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe you smoke cigarettes, maybe you like alcohol, you know, so you were going through these different sort of uh, cravings, I would say, and then add maybe some financial stress. I mean, you could really feel some of the people there were deeply distressed. So, and I, and, and I'm sure you saw that maybe about a month ago and that sort of, distress really came out in social media with people sort of shouting on their, uh, you know, outside their homes and everything. But towards the end, it seems things were getting a little bit more better. What, what I would like to say also is, uh, is about, you know, how we feel it's, it's really strange, you know, like two days ago, it's like, it's done. And for us really life, just like that went to completely normal. We went to work yeah. in the morning and then we came back. It's it's just as weird now it is as it was three weeks ago, feels like. So yeah, that's that's what uh, we played a little piece of uh, video before you were on. I, I imagine you listened to it. He referred to the big whites, of course, which is all the different volunteers in their hazmat suits, right? Walking around uh, doing yep. the PCR testing. So, so, I mean, we saw some fireworks. I guess there were some cheers when the clock struck midnight. But all in all, it seemed like for a city of 25 million, it seemed like a fairly sedate, uh, but um, you know, quite normal return to the way things were, but, but it's, uh, but it's not quite there yet, right? There's still quite a, I imagine there's still a lot of stuff in place that you have to go through that, that wasn't there before. I think so, but I think that's very dependent on where you are and essentially maybe the recent uh, conditions where there are cases, for example, in your neighborhood or in your district. Uh, I just happen to be uh, lucky, I guess, because I live in, I myself, home here and also our office are both in districts where there was no cases recently or very little so so for us it's really the it's like the breaker you know totally switched on and then things are back to normal but it's true also as you said that there's a you know for example if you're living in the neighborhood where for some reason there was cases recently while well, some are still actually under lockdown and then of course some areas where i, I know of also some offices and some areas which we still have high restrictions so it's it's uh it varies quite a bit, but my for friends here in Shanghai is that for most people, uh, things went back to normal essentially uh, two days ago at midnight. Yes, it felt almost like New Year's Eve, you know. With the, yeah, it, it did, I, sure. I, we could even hear them up from outside our home. It's like everybody shouting and the fireworks. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's a bit of a strange feeling. Well, that's, I mean, if, if, if listeners have never been to Shanghai, it's kind of hard to describe Shanghai because it is so big and so busy, especially if you're Canadian, you think of Toronto as being a big place. Going to Shanghai is a, just a completely different experience from any big Canadian city. It is just massive and it never stops, you know, and it's packed and not always, but it's just a busy place. It's, it was impossible to imagine what it might be like shut down. Because it feels like you're you're trying to you know stuff a genie in a bottle. Like, but uh, I'm glad to hear it's coming back to normal. Are there still sort of I mean, in terms of like QR code stuff, and the, I've been seeing some reports about that of sort of tracking and so on. There's still a lot of things that we might not be familiar with in, in Canada. Are there? Uh, yes. So when we say back to normal, it's still not quite the same meaning as what you would say back to normal in Canada. So yes, it's, uh, we still have, uh, you know, it totally. So there's tracking apps here, which are required for just about everything. I mean, we do have to show our QR code when we go back in the, in the office building, which, which was the case before as well. Uh, there's also a tracking app, which says in which city you've been. So for example, if you happen to have been going through or in a city where there was cases recently, that creates 
creates a lot of restrictions for you. Essentially, you need to quarantine for 12, for 14 days. And then, um, and then uh, that's, but that's about it, I think. In terms of yeah. uh, everyday life, that's uh, those are the two main differences. You know, of course, the a bit of the apprehension that we have now, especially based on what we know from you know Canada and other countries, is okay. Now things are opening up. We just hope that it's not going to be like in two or three weeks, right? We start to see cases rising again, and then we go back into lockdown, right? So, but we don't know. But uh, we just that's our hope for now. Carl, that is a perfect segue because after this, we'll talk a bit about whether there's any tolerance for doing this again and just what that means perhaps for China's zero COVID policy, at least as far as Shanghai is concerned. Uh, I'm speaking with Carl Bro. He's the CEO of Simon Intelligent Manufacturing, and we'll be back with more from Shanghai right after this. Carl Bro, the CEO of Salmon Intelligent and Manufacturing and a Shanghai resident is our guest this half hour. He's in Shanghai where on June the 1st at midnight, so not that long ago, a couple of days now, June 1st at midnight, the lockdown. More than 60 days people have been locked down, really not able to move around much at all in the city uh, because of COVID-19. Uh, so it, it really begs the question, Carl, after this, I mean, if in fact there were to be another outbreak, is there any patience you think left in that city to go through this, something even shorter again? Um, well, I would say, I would answer that by, you know, if you look at the, what our friends are doing and just the post on social media, uh, we can just see that people are buying freezers. You know, they're they're <laughs> improving their internet. Uh, they're, uh, for, I mean, if we if we just look at ourselves, we're lucky because we have a, a nice backyard here. So we are, you know, we we started gardening. So we, you know, in the, we already went to the sort of gardening center where we bought a whole bunch of equipment and you know, uh, vegetable seeds and things like this. And so so. So I would say that we, uh, no matter what people say, it's pretty obvious to me that people are sort of preparing, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. a, a bit of a bunker mentality, I guess, where we're sort of preparing ourselves just in case this ever happens again. So, but it's, yeah. it, it'd be tough. Yeah. Everyone on their little desert Island getting ready for the next, <laughs> for the next wave. Um, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, in terms, in terms of just, for, I mean, I, obviously you run a, a big business there. In terms of just the economic impact, we know obviously that within the city of Shanghai, obviously it had an impact. But uh, how's that? How's that been? And and how easily will it bounce back? Uh, well, it was very difficult for some manufacturers. You know, entities. Of course, if you if you're a company like more a service company where people can work from home efficiently, then it's okay. For us, uh, the manufacturing part where we do more technical procurement, so so that worked okay at the distance. But also, we also have a factory where we do assembly, and obviously, that completely stopped for two months. Um, we, um, I guess, a little bit similar to what happened in Canada last year. Uh, we are we are seeing now there's going to be support for companies here in, in China, and it's already been announced. You know, delay different types of uh, of tax uh, credits, and uh, we are uh, the there. There's also subsidies for for rent, uh, other types of subsidies. That, so there will be help for the companies that were located here in Shanghai and that were hit hard by the uh, by the by essentially by the lockdown. And most, the one that are hit, obviously, very hard seems to be the case almost every time are the restaurants, you know, and the hotels. So there are special programs to be able to help the, the companies that are in that field. But, uh, but it was a hard hit because you, you compound the hit of lockdown onto all the other things that have been happening last year, you know, increased transportation costs, you know, all the, there was already some complications due to uh, the pandemic uh, running a business here. Of course, uh, you know different raw material costs increasing. Uh, so, so it's been uh, it's been challenging as a as a company as an entrepreneur. We're, we're lucky because uh, 
things are turning down a little bit because, you know, there's a bit of a survivor thing going in. And so, you know, companies that are still strong today, and I, I think we, we can consider this such a company, it's, uh, there's less and less of those companies remaining. So for the survivors that are here, it's, it's, it's been actually a pretty good few months for us. Uh, for those of us over here who rely so much on Chinese manufacturing and exports uh, and imports over here, of course, uh, will we see any effect of all this? Will there be a lingering effect here that we just haven't seen yet? I think uh, there would the effect you're already seeing, I think, because it, it, some of the complications started already more than a year ago of, you know, sort of a push on inflation and some some things which are just not available when you go to the store. Uh, but then I think I, it's interesting because I was, I was giving a conference yesterday and there was another speaker with me and he was an expert on logistics. And he was saying that there's actually because this uh, sort of shortage of transportation, especially sea transportation, came in about more than a year ago, almost a year and a half ago now. There's actually, there was a, you can see that there's a huge spike in purchasing of uh, sort of a, a capacity, you know, boats, large container boats, large uh, roll-on, roll-off boats, so this type of uh, bulk boats that were purchased about a year and a half ago. And now they expect that in the six, next uh, six to 12 months or so, those new uh, boats will be coming into. Uh, I mean, they will just start to be used, I guess, and then, and then it should. It could probably go the other way. There will be maybe an excess. They estimate that there might be an excess of sort of offer based on the demand for sea transportation. So, in any case, um, most experts would think that within a year or so, issues, this type of logistic types of issues, should disappear within twelve months or so. Oh, interesting, because it really has been such a huge story over here with just the delays, container ships blocked on our own ports, not being able to get in, empty containers uh, moving around, our, going back to Asia from here. Uh, I, I guess with the last 90 seconds I have, Carl, just your, your lasting memory of those two months, uh, what did you learn and what would you like to not have to do again? <laughs> Uh, well, I, I wish I wish it's some the things I learned, whatever it is I learned, I just wish I never have to use that again, right? But still, I would say, um, uh, you know, in in the end, it's it's about uh, <laughs> you know, I just spent some time here with my wife and everything. I think it was you know, I started gardening, and not to sound too cute, but it's true, you know, I sort of turned back to sort of simpler things and then get to enjoy every day, and I think that's. Uh, that's that's a lesson I guess I should know I should have learned before not have this event go through but I think that's true you know I mean in the end for us uh, sort of psychologically it was hit at hard at the beginning but then it just seems at some point we we same we seem to got gotten used to it and, and and it was okay you know I think that the, the elephant in the room in these type of events is really the psychological impact on it has on, on people sure. all around us so I would say maybe to answer your question properly I think I mean the most important thing we have to be sort of taken care of is through through this type of that is really our sort of emotional or, or mental health to say the, the right word and you know just to be careful sleep well try to exercise even though we're inside and, and these are the things i think in the long term that help us make it through these type of sort of very stressful event in a few words what was the first thing you went and got when you got out of there what was the first thing you bought <laughs> the first thing that you missed i, I bought some a good bottle of red bordeaux <laughs> there you go. Carl Bro, thank you so much for your time tonight. Great to catch up. Always a pleasure. Thank you.